Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to Mackie and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Cook and Ham in the backfield. It's Cook. Turns the corner. Delvin Cook, touchdown! Well, that's the guy that we see every day in practice and uh, the guy that uh, we've been waiting to, to give those opportunities and to, to let him carry this offense because we know that's what kind of player he is. Uh, we know that's what kind of, uh, you know, that's what, we know that's what he means to this offense. And uh, we're going to need that moving forward and, and uh, we're going to kind of ride, ride him the rest of the year. Delvin Cook has had a big day, 115 yards and a touchdown. And you can add to the number here. Beautiful spin move, and Cook takes it to the outside. Oh, what an effort. Delvin Cook, touchdown, Vikings. You know, I thought he did well. Um, you know, he was very calm, never got panicked at all during the, during the day. Um, you know, I think there was times when, uh, you know, he said something like, I need to get back on schedule or something like that, but it wasn't really anything uh, chaotic. Uh, I thought the other coaches helped him a lot today, uh, but um, thought he did a good job. They don't have Xavier Howard, who has seven of them. Oh, intercepted! Picked up by Fitzpatrick! Now a race, and Fitzpatrick will win it for the touchdown! A pick six! Fitzpatrick stepping in for Xavier Howard. I think you guys saw it. You know, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. It's a screen. It's a receiver screen. It's quick hitting. I'm trying to negotiate the defensive end, thinking that the guy who picked it's going to be blocked, and he wasn't blocked. He jumped it. You know, he guessed. He guessed right, and um, it's a bang bang play. And and um, you know, we've thrown a lot of those this season and had a lot of success on them. And every single one of them is tight like that and can be scary. And you're expecting, you know, that player to get to get influenced and picked in such a way that that the receiver can catch it and go right around him but in this case he jumped it and uh and then uh you saw the rest dan it's a season high 33 rushes today from minnesota cousins on third and long steps up cousins deep ball separation touchdown aldrich robinson cousins is on the money i will start the show by offering congratulations to kevin stefanski I don't know, Kevin, if you're an offensive genius, but I do know this. You employed what all of us have been asking you to do, or the Vikings to do, um, John Filippo to do all season long, the common sense game plan. Things like, they seem very simple to you, 
using Kirk Cousins under center more to be able to sell the play action. They did it. Going up tempo more often. Guess what they did on Sunday in annihilating the Dolphins? They did it. Utilizing two tight ends because maybe you come to the realization that you need to get your offensive line some help. They did it. Zone runs to the outside. You did it all 2017. Eureka, you did it yesterday and it worked. Or how about this? And this is where we're going to start the show because this guy was fabulous on Sunday. And it seemed so damn simple for so damn long just simply using this guy. Dalvin Cook has had a big day, 115 yards and a touchdown. You can add to the number here. Beautiful spin move. And Cook takes it to the outside. Oh, what an effort. Dalvin Cook. Touchdown, Vikings. This will go down as the single biggest mystery of to the um, what 13 John Filippo games as Vikings offensive coordinator. Why he did not use Delvin Cook more. Now, I will go through what the excuse seemed to be. The excuse makers seemed to glum on to, well, the offensive line isn't very good. All right. Here's the comeback to that. Delvin Cook, as we saw on Sunday has a far better chance to excel and make plays behind a suspect offensive line than Kirk Cousins does. <laughs> it's not even close. If you saw the spin move for the touchdown, which we just played, Dalvin Cook, if you tell me, okay, Judd, we're going to have to start a chance here because our offensive line is not very good, and you tell me, would you would you try and get the ball in Dalvin Cook's hands here? Or should we rely on the quarterback to run the entire show and act like the quarterback, I don't care how much he's paid, act like the quarterback is the star of this show? The latter is ideal. The former is realistic. Mm -hmm. Getting Delvin Cook involved yesterday was the easiest possible no-brainer. Kevin Stefanski would have done it. If you had brought somebody in, if you had fired Flip and brought somebody in from the outside, that person would have done it. Pat Shermer would have done it. My dog, Stella. If I had gone to her and said, (laughs) Stella, what do you think on Sunday? She would have looked at me with her big, big puppy eyes and said, blinked three times and said, Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook had, just to put this in context, because of the hamstring injury he suffered in week two, he had played in eight games, Manny Hill, before Sunday. He... Hadn't carried the ball more than 16 times, rushing attempts, in eight games before Sunday. Yesterday, 19 carries, career high, 136 yards against the Dolphins. And I understand their defense is not good, and we will address that. Mm -hmm. But a career high, 136 yards. And in fact, it was his first 100-yard game that he has had as a Viking since the opener of 2017 against the Saints. The other thing about this... The no-brainer about using Dalvin Cook consistently is the only chance that you have to free up Thielen and Diggs so Cousins can find them is to have Dalvin Cook be a threat. Mm -hmm. Everything about this was simply common sense. You rush for 220 yards as a team. And I get the fact that the Dolphins' defense is not that good. But as I told Collar on the Purple Podcast after Sunday's game... This was not a game about the Dolphins. This was a game about establishing the blueprint for how your offense needs to operate if you're going to have a chance in hell of trying to win a playoff game. And your defense is back to being great. Mm -hmm. Your defense is back to being lights out. They were damn good yesterday. They were fantastic. Nine sacks. 
So what Sunday was about was not are the Dolphins awful. It's are you going to go back to the principles that are going to give you an opportunity not just to beat a team that's bad like the Dolphins, but if you have to play the Bears in the first round, are you going to give yourself offensively a chance to do that? And the game plan that they used on Sunday, and, and credit to Stefanski for going back to it, but it should have gone. They should have gone back to it ages ago. Mm-hmm. Is the game plan? It's the blueprint that absolutely makes sense. Well, and you mentioned too the zone, the zone running scheme that they've added now. I mean, get Dalvin Cook out on the perimeter. He's got terrific speed. He's agile. He can make guys miss. You know, I mean, get get him out. Play play to the strengths of your players. Forget about for what what do we see for thirteen games with Flip? Just we've got to run my system. His and these, these are yep. these are the plays that we ran in Philadelphia, and I don't care if we've got a different set of players here. These are the kind of plays that we're going to run because it worked with Nick Foles and getting us to the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. No, you don't have Nick Foles. You have Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. You don't have Legarrette Blunt. You have Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. Play to the strengths of the players that you have. And we're seeing, we saw Stefanski do that yesterday. And then there's this guy. Dan, it's a season high. 33 rushes today from Minnesota. Cousins on third and long. Steps up. Cousins. Deep ball. Separation. Touchdown. Aldrich Robinson. Cousins is on the money. But he's also this guy. They don't have Xavier Howard, who has seven of them. Oh, intercepted. Picked off by Fitzpatrick. Now a race, and Fitzpatrick will win it for the touchdown. A pick six. Fitzpatrick stepping in for Xavier Howard. It wasn't perfect, Manny Hill. It wasn't perfect, but it was as close to being the smart cousins game plan as you can possibly get, and here's why. 14 completions, season low. Statistically, okay, 14, not great. (laughs) 21 attempts, a season low. 215 yards passing, not a season low, but low. But you know what? Kirk Cousins yesterday was asked to manage the game, and he did it in a way that, other than the pick six, was very acceptable. He threw two touchdown passes, including that 40-yard beauty, which, by the way, came with zero pressure, but it was still a very nice pass. Mm -hmm. Now he threw the pick six, and then he said this, which which we could talk about because it drives me crazy, but... He said this. I think you guys saw it. You know, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. Oh, we saw it's a it. Screen. Right. Yeah. It's a receiver screen. It's quick hitting. I'm trying to negotiate the defensive end, thinking that the guy who picked it's going to be blocked, and he wasn't blocked. He jumped it. You know, he guessed. He guessed right, and um, it's a bang bang play. And and um, you know, we've thrown a lot of those this season and had a lot of success on them. And every single one of them is tight like that and can be scary. And you're expecting, you know, that player to get to get influenced and picked in such a way that that. The receiver can catch it and go right around him, but in this case, he jumped it, and uh, and then uh, you saw the rest. Okay, so he is bl- blaming a missed block. He's saying the block was missed, and that's not completely on me. But nonetheless, for Kirk Cousins, it was the third pick six thrown by him this season, and it was the fifth turnover, including two fumbles, that have uh, resulted directly in touchdowns directly for opponents. The key for Cousins, I've decided, is this, and it can be revisited in the in the summertime, it can be it can be gone back at during OTAs and the springtime. But the key, as you're going to, hopefully for the Vikings' sake, go into the playoffs, is going to be making sure that you manage Kirk Cousins to manage the game, if you're Kevin Stefanski, from the sideline. 
You need to make sure that he executes, that you put him in the best position possible to execute what you know he can do. And asking him to be a star quarterback is not within his capability. It took you, and here's the mistake we've all made. And and a year in, essentially, to this contract, the reality of this guy is this. It took you $84 million to sign him. That was the price of doing poker to get him. You decided he was your guy and that you were going to pay a guaranteed contract over three years, and you paid that price. That does not make him, and he's proven this, an $84 million quarterback. He's not. So what Kevin Stefanski's going to have to do, if this team can win its next two games and get in the playoffs and potentially play Chicago or uh, certainly play a wild-card first-round game, is puppet string cousins and manage him at every turn. And that does not mean he can't make good plays. What it does mean is if you turn him loose and consider him to be the orchestrator of your offense, you're going to be in huge trouble. This offense needs to run essentially through Dalvin Cook, who's going to free things up for Thielen and Diggs, and I'm talking about three very good players right there. Mm -hmm. And after that, it's going to need to utilize passes to tight ends. But what you can't do, what you cannot even come close to doing anymore is going back to Kirk Cousins and saying, it's your show. Kirk Cousins, he not only needs to manage the game himself, he needs to be managed starting. And it started on Sunday, and it needs to continue for as, for as long as this team plays this season. So now, basically, I mean, what you're saying is they are now back to the formula that they had last year. Yes. Which is with, with Case Keenum, where they have to treat Kirk Cousins like they treated Case Keenum last year. As Collar said, he can do more. Like, mm-hmm. if you put him in the proper position he's to make a play, doing he's ca- he can give you more. He can make plays that Keenum couldn't make. But you have to be careful when you ask Kurt to do a lot more and how much more you're asking him to do. And it all needs to be done with puppet strings. Right. Stefanski has to control him from above on puppet strings. Kirk, if I don't tell you to do it, you're not going to do it. I want him. It's a very, very tricky and slippery slope because I don't want him to play uptight. But I don't want him to play with the confidence that he has the freedom to do what he wants because when he does that, you get in trouble. That's going to be a so, challenge for Stefanski so he to find needs that to balance. be so what he needs so what you need to do with Kirk is get him a Stuart Smiley type of guy and say, Kirk, you're good enough, you're smart enough, you can make the plays. But if this team is going to have the success it can have, and this defense right now is playing absolutely fantastic, you have a quarterback who you need to manage and send into a game to manage. Uh, Phil joins the show, as he always does, at 4 o'clock. We take a break right now. Courtney Cronin will uh, join us from ESPN, covers the Vikings at 3.30. And next up, a very fun game. Was it praise for Kevin, or was it rip and flip? Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's go over to 52 southbound in St. Paul. We've got a crash between Plato Boulevard and Eaton Street. That's causing an extra couple of minutes to your commute. And uh, 55 eastbound near Mendota Heights uh, between Highway 62 uh, and 55. That sort of interchange there. We've got a stalled vehicle there. Lane is blocked. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Judd? Thank you, Manny Hill. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Uh, Mackie, as usual, joins the show at 4 o'clock. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com Vikings reporter, joins us next. 
Uh, before we get to our uh, game of praising Kevin or ripping Flip, let's do one of these. not trying to be dramatic, but I'm still increasingly concerned about our quarterback. I just thought there were many throws where um, they weren't accurate, didn't lead the uh, receiver. I think that was actually uh, part of the cause to his interception, and I am very concerned about the level of play going into next year that we can rely on from our quarterback. The other thing is this. Um, the most pertinent issue, as far as I'm concerned, is, and um, Gary talked about talent, and that is draft choice. For me, it is absolutely unacceptable, from my point of view as being to a fan, for this organization to cater to the whims or egos of any players. Uh, Aaron Rodgers need to be uh, sat down. Uh, we need to protect against injury. Wins. There, there's a thing they say, winning at all costs. There is a cost to trying to win these last two games. So, uh, and, and that's, and I'm quite sincere about that. There are risking, they are risking 50 years of support from me if they fail to recognize the future. Go, Matt, go! Drunk or no? I say no. Oh, no, I think he was fully sober. I think he maybe, was, too. Maybe, maybe one beer or two. Maybe. Maybe one. But one certainly not intoxicated. No. All right, let's Very try. Very coherent. Let's try one more. Go, Matt, go! Yeah. ...to criticize the quarterback in Green Bay. But for what you're paying and the glory he's gotten versus the productivity you're getting now, it's, it's, it's not 2014 anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you paid him a lot of money to be the leader of this team and to be a guy that was going to to take this team to the next level. And granted, he shouldn't have to do it all by himself. But damn it, you got to come out better than that. Go, Pat, go. Kirk Cousins for Aaron Rodgers. Who says no? I'm. Confu- I'll do it right now. I'm confused, man. I'll do it right now. Man, he didn't. Hold on a second. Wait. Didn't last week we get after the Packers beat the Cardinals? Didn't. Bill Michaels, the same guy who was just piling on Rodgers there, didn't he try and back off? Yeah, he basically said, are we being too tough on Aaron Rodgers, but he was, right? But he's been dumping on him for weeks now, and now I think he's back. So is he on or is he off? I mean, the Packers lost to the Bears. Packers aren't good. We know that. That's not surprising. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very confused. I've, I have... I found this, uh, Chad Graff, the Athletics Reporter, Vikings Reporter, had this in his Kirk Cousins story today. This is how mismanaged the Vikings offense was. This is why Vikings fans should actually be PO'd, I think. Mm -hmm. Because, all right, nobody ever said this offense had to be great, but it had to be run smart, right? If you run it smart, you're going to win some football games. This defense, I think since the Rams game, has flipped things around and has been, no no pun intended. They are back to where they were, yep. Okay, so this is from Graf's story today. After running the second most play action in the National Football League last season under Pat Shermer and adding a quarterback who was very good, very good, Kirk Cousins in play action, the Vikings had called play action on 18% of their dropbacks under John DeFilippo. 
18%? Sunday, that number went to play action on 32% of Cousins' dropbacks, and he completed, not surprisingly, 86% of those passes with a touchdown. Gee, I wonder why. But it's even worse. It gets even fillier. As we saw on Sunday, uh, Stefanski used less shotgun. Out of shotgun on Sunday, Kirk Cousins was 6 of 12 for 90 yards with a touchdown and his pick six. All right? So so your worst play, this play, came out of shotgun. They don't have Xavier Howard, who has seven of them. Oh, intercepted! Picked off by Fitzpatrick! Now a race, and Fitzpatrick will win it for the touchdown! A pick six. Fitzpatrick stepping in for Xavier Howard. Okay, so Manny, once again, out of shotgun Sunday against the Dolphins. 6 of 12, not great. 90 yards, touchdown pick 6. Under center, Kirk Cousins, in the limited amount of time that he was actually asked to throw passes on Sunday, 8 of 9, 125 yards, a touchdown. But, I mean, this just shows you... Yeah. This is... this. I'd love to go back to the initial conversation... When when DiFilippo arrived from Philadelphia for this job, I'd love to go back and hear what was said back then. Like, I mean, everything about this, this was so much more than just run the ball more. But my question is So did, much more. Did this and, and you talked about this with, you know, not drafting a not drafting a guard after you spent all this money on cousins. Did they just did they did they just sign Kirk and just not have any conversations with him at all about what this offense was going to look like? That's what it well it, it just seems like they brought him in and I guarantee you what they did was they hired the coordinator, they signed Kirk and then they never tied the two together. And so the coordinator said, "Well, this is how I do things." And they said, "Well, he's the coordinator." So instead of somebody saying, "We just invested." And and you had to listen, if you're the Vikings, you knew what you were getting in Kirk. You paid 84 million dollars. He's not an $84 million quarterback. If you thought that, then you're an idiot. Now, to absolve fans and us, we might know. We might not know. We're also not the ones making the investment. Now, here's the game that we're going to play. A series of sound bites, uh, Rudolph Thielen Zimmer from yesterday. And my question is, we need to figure out, is this praising Stefanski or is this ripping DiFilippo? The first one, Zimmer talking about Stefanski. Yeah, he handled it well. Um, uh, you know, I met with him last night. I met with met with him Friday afternoon. I met with him, um, you know, throughout throughout the week. Uh, he's all he was always calm and collected, and um, you know, I, I think I think Kevin, you know, knew what knew what I wanted. I see it. Right. Mm. I, he starts off long, see, long string of praise. See, I was, I was kind of wavering there. Play the start of it again. Okay, yeah, play the start of it again because. Yep. Yeah, he handled it well. Um, uh, you know, I met with him last night. Met with, met with him Friday afternoon. I met with him. Um, okay. Well, yeah, but see that. Well, he handled it well. Yeah. See, at, at first, when I first heard that part, I was like, oh, yeah, this is praising Kevin. Agreed. Talking about all the good things. He Until did. the end. Until the end, it's like, oh, okay. He knew what I wanted. He knew what I wanted. Which was basically saying mm. that you were DiFilippo's boss for 13 games and for the most part didn't get what you wanted. Which my only question is, how did you last 13 games? Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I thought that was something that we did really, really well last year. 
and there's a difference between um, going high tempo the entire drive and, and using tempo um, intermittently. So um, I thought that was something that Kevin did really, really well, and um, it seemed like every time we got on the ball and, and used tempo, we had success. That's totally, that's totally a shot. Scorched earth. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and Kyle was the one guy who really got screwed. Cook got screwed, but Kyle basically became... I think DiFilippo realized Rudolph was not Zach Ertz, basically, in training camp, and he's not. Mm-hmm. And said, oh, hold on a second here. This guy's not what I thought. And just decided... And just decided so not, we will Not to use Yes, him. exactly right. Wow. Adam Thielen. Yeah, it definitely was, was simpler, but uh, we still had uh, everything that we needed, and um, again, uh, Coach did a great job of, of keeping the defense off on their heels. They didn't know if it was run, pass, and uh, and obviously he, he let the guys that were playing well and then were hot, uh, you know, take over and, and carry our offense. And that's as close to praise as you can get. Yeah. It borders, there's judgment there, right? Because he's talking about, because he says, well, you know, they didn't know if it was a run or a pass. I mean, because that's, that's the whole point of play action, right? Yes. That's the whole reason why play action exists. Which is why you to fool the defense. Which is why it's done under center. Yeah. As as Zim said after the game on Sunday, too, play action under center sucks the defense up. Yeah. All right. Zim again on play calling. It's it was you know, it was cut back a little bit, yes, but it, it wasn't This is great. It was more, you know, we got up there on the ball a couple times and went fast. Um, you know, we got up there a couple times and uh, we had uh, Passes killed the runs, and runs killed the passes. And we got up there and had a, um, you know, a couple uh, uh, just get up there and snap the ball, and don't really care what they're in. And so, you know, I think the flow kind of helped that way. But um, I mean, there's still, you know, off, all offenses have a lot of plays. You know, just getting the ones called. So, but you know, if you got 215 plays, you can't call them all any anyway. So that's part of it. I love that one. He, the man can't help himself. He's fantastic. <laughs> he basically just admitted that this joker from Philadelphia, who he hi- hired, by the way, so it's his fault, too, but he just basically admitted the guy came in with 215 plays, paralyzed everybody. Wow. Including man. his quarterback. Wow. I just don't know how you just... I mean, the, the blame goes on Zimmer and Spielman for bringing in Filippo because obviously it wasn't a fit and it wasn't working and, and all of that, but... You're DeFilippo. How do you just we don't we have to get past this old sort of old school, which is kind of surprising because DeFilippo's what forty. He's not he's not like an old guy. He's not like no. an old school guy. But yep. why do you come in with this mentality of my system? Oh, because my I'll, system. I'll tell you why I think my system. I think Florio floated this out um, a few weeks ago, and I agree completely with it. I think he thought his system his system was going to get him his next job. And now, if I'm not mistaken, Glazer came out yesterday and not surprisingly said he's out on everybody. Packers ain't going to go after him. I mean, why would you? Yeah. But um, I think he... He didn't do himself any favors this season. No, he didn't. But I think he thought if I come in and run Shermer's offense, then I'm just the coordinator here. And they're, they're going to say, well, he's doing what Pat did and Pat got hired and I guess we won't hire him. I don't know. I think in his mind, though, the end game for him was to... Take this as a springboard, do a job, and he felt that in order to do that, he had to run what he wants to run. But little completely, did, he, re- completely little did he realize that Pat Shermer got the Giants job because Pat Shermer came into the Vikings Absolutely. and looked and said, 
oh, I have these guys, so we should do these things because that's what these guys do well. Absolutely. Forget about a system. Take a break. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. Courtney Cronin, ESPN, joins next as we uh, continue Vikings discussion. Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and Judd. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Dan, it's a season high. 33 rushes today from Minnesota. Cousins on third and long. Steps up. Cousins. Deep ball. Separation. Touchdown. Aldrich Robinson. Cousins is on the money. Yeah, it definitely was was simpler, but uh, we still had uh, everything that we needed. And, um, again, uh, Coach did a great job of, of keeping the defense off on their heels. They didn't know if it was run, pass, and, uh, and obviously he, he let the guys that were playing well and then we're hot uh you know take over and and carry our offense tcl broadcast studios time for our weekly chat with our friend uh, courtney cronin espn.com check out her vikings coverage um at that website all right courtney after what we saw yesterday against a dolphins team that that we all keep in mind is not that good uh your thoughts on this offense my thought is this no matter who they played or or how that team did defensively, I thought the most important thing was coming out and establishing yourself because I do think offensively what we saw from the Vikings on Sunday is the blueprint that at least has a chance to give them success. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, you look at who they were facing. Like This, this kind of reminds me of Arizona in a way because at that point, that was, what, week six? So they kind of, you know, the offense was rolling at that point, but they were still dropping back to pass a ton. Um, you know, we saw it in, in you know, weeks one and two and then the Rams game and then week five. But that's the game they, they finally got the rushing attack going with Latavius Murray because they keyed in on a really bad defense. Well, it was the same thing here except you had Dalvin Cook. And, you know, Mike Zimmer said it best that, you know, it's Dalvin Cook, when, when he can do be such an amazing playmaker, when the ball's in his hands, good things are probably going to happen for your offense. Mm-hmm. So I think they established exactly what they needed to uh, to be able to get this thing back going, but let's taper those expectations a bit. I mean, this is a very, very, very bad Miami team. Like they are not good on the road. They're not a playoff team. Um, the Vikings should have blown this yes. team out uh, from the jump. It should never have been seventeen ten. But as far as the game plan itself, we kept hearing. I know you played the clip of Adam Thielen. Um, you know, kept hearing it's simpler. It's simpler. Well, what, what does simpler mean? Um, they really did a good job of keeping the personnel in, in the packages. I mean, they, they got they got the ball around to a lot of different people, and that's something that they've been stressing. We need to get our team in space, um, and they did that. It predicated off Dalvin Cook being the focal point of this offense, but they kept things simple because they used a lot of the same personnel groupings. They ran a lot of the same plays out of those personnel groupings, mm-hmm. uh, just with different looks every single time. Uh, that's something the Rams do. That's why they make it them. It's why they're so successful with uh, the use of eleven personnel. And I think that that's something that the Vikings. Football, do. Football, yeah. Sorry about that. I, I knew that was coming. Well, personnel packages. I've got to play it. Coming. You mentioned a personnel grouping. Yes. Or like a, a jumbo package, and still hitting that button. Like so just much football. Work. So much football. Uh, <laughs> so explain explain this very. This is a this is a simple duh question, but. Do you got any theories on one very, very uh, simple thing, but it's huge? 
How did Dalvin Cook get lost? Like, I don't, I, of all the things I don't get, I really don't get that. He is, in my opinion, if your options, if I come to you tomorrow and I say, Courtney, your options for this Vikings offense to be successful are to put the ball in Kirk's hands consistently or Dalvin's hands, it's going to take you a second to say Dalvin's hands. Yeah, and I, here's the problem. Like, the people forget. He was hurt weeks three through eight. Like, yep. they tried and they failed with that because they kept, you know, go sit five steps forward, ten steps back. That was the problem with his rehab, and I think that that really set them back. They were running a lot of the same plays um, that they ran in the Seattle game that they ran yesterday. They just happened to work yesterday with Alvin Cook, and, you know, I think it's kind of a convenient argument, too, to say, okay, well, against the Bears, against New England Patriots and against the Seahawks, like Dalvin got lost in that mix. And certainly there were times that they should have run him more. It made no sense that on the, uh, you know, when they go down 17-10, that they try, they drop back with Kirk out of shotgun and, and Dalvin's not even in on that series. And they just throw three passes, Correct. all incomplete. That made no sense. John Filippo admitted that he wanted to run more there um, and, and they just didn't. But I think that, the reason he, he probably – we think he got lost in the mix a little bit more um, in those games because they had to abandon the run um, just because they were down. And, you know, they stuck with the run in the first half in Chicago. It yielded zero points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Dalvin had that red zone fumble. I mean, that's what you expect when you have Khalil Mack, you know, part of your game plan defensively. I mean, it's the caliber of opponent, I think, that really took away – what Dalvin was able to do, which is why I caution people to taper their expectations. You should blow a Miami team out of the water. This should have happened. Dalvin should probably have 150 rushing yards. I mean, he had 136 yesterday. I mean, just should, right. it could have been more. But will this continue? I think it will against Detroit. Detroit's gotten a little bit better against the run, but they still sucked against Buffalo yesterday, so whatever. Um, but Chicago is a very good team, and now that they might have something to play for in Week 17, I, I, I just I, I caution people to think, okay, let's run the ball 40 times a game. Uh, that that's the problem. That, that that's the problem solver. The, the fix here is, I mean, maybe it's an immediate fix. It's certainly a long term fix. But right now, get Dalvin Cook the ball. Use him. Split him out wide. Use him as a wide receiver. You certainly know he can affect the run game and some of those outside zone runs. I want to see him catching more passes. So, Courtney, if this team is going to have success from from this date through if they play a playoff game or perhaps two, uh, my formula is this. First of all, the defense has to win win you games. I mean, that's the most important thing. They're playing great, but if you, if you go in, into the playoffs, I think you've got to count. If you're going to win, I think you've got to count on the defense getting at least a touchdown. All right? So my second thing is put the ball in Cook's hands. Trust that your defense is going to play well. And my third thing is is this. Kirk Cousins, and this this could change at some point in the spring or summer, but right now, Kirk Cousins, I think, has to be a puppet string quarterback. And by that, I mean Stefanski stands above him and says, Kirk, you go left. Kirk, you go right. Because there are things that Kirk can do well, but and this is a slippery slope, but I honestly have come to the conclusion that if you're going to have any success long-term here right now for 2018, Kirk Cousins has to basically be moved around and told what to do, and anything that allows him to get creative that doesn't come with, with you up by 21 points is a big mistake. Yeah, I mean, he has to be a game manager. You're exactly right, Judd, because we saw what happened when they had a nice heavy lead yesterday, and Kirk kind of panicked there on the wide receiver screen. And yes, 
Siegel have broken it down and said, oh, maybe that was on Rudolph, whatever. He has issues with those types of plays. This is not the first time he throws behind guys on those plays. And you saw it on a short passing game, um, you know, throughout this game. You know, that's that's a problem. That's a flaw in his game. I mean, 17 turnovers for one player is a lot. And um, you want Dalvin Cook to be the focal point of this team. Mike Zimmer wants the identity of his team, which is his prerogative as the head coach, to be a defensive team. Well, what does that mean for your offense? It means don't screw it up. It means maintain clock, maintain good field position, you know, utilize the field position that we, the defense, we, special teams, give you, um, and maintain the clock and, and make the defense's job easier. If they can do that, they will be able to win a, a playoff game. I don't know about many more than that, and I'm still thinking that, you know, they got to make a push for that five seed because they have a much better chance of winning in Dallas in January than they do winning in Chicago in January. So, you know, the offense with as much talent as there is at the skill positions, uh, when you have such up-and-down quarterback play, you might not be able to key in on that in, in such critical moments that you want to. So I think a lot of it is try to get them the ball, I mean, keep them in space, do things, kind of, you know, mitigate some of, like, the creativity there because that's when things go wrong. And that's what we've seen with this team. When Kirk has the game on his shoulders, outside of Green Bay, we do, we really haven't seen him be able to elevate everybody else around him. Courtney, there wasn't a whole lot to complain about, you know, in terms of the end result for yesterday's game. I mean, you put 41 points on the board, then, you know, who really cares? But what happened? What did the Dolphins do to Adam Thielen yesterday? He only had two targets and two catches. So did they do anything specific to to sort of shut him down? And that helped open things up for other people? Or what happened there? It's a good question. I think that, you know, it's part of that. Um, Adam said after the game, too, I mean, you know, Kevin Stavansky went with the guys who had the hot hand. So that was Stephon Diggs. I mean, that was you know, going to Tyler Conklin on third and one. I think he was really trying to spread it around quite a bit more. And, I mean, given the touches, I mean, Dalvin had 20 touches yesterday. That's what they expect, and that's what they want in, yeah. in him being the focal point of the offense. But I think what teams are doing to Adam Thielen, I mean, I don't really – I mean, they are playing more bracket coverage yesterday than they were just like straight-up man-to-man with, like, two defenders, what, you know, New England and what um, – the, uh, the, whatever the team before yesterday, Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Doing. Um, but that's, uh, you know, that's kind of what I gathered from it, that, you know, he's still, like, he's their number one receiver. Teams know that. They're going to constantly shadow him and then throw somebody else over, the you know, for, for help. And um, we shouldn't be surprised about that by now. It's a sign of respect. But, you know, Adam had a few good catches yesterday. I think yeah. that, you know, once, he, once Kevin Stefanski, too, I mean, he's going to want to, maximize Adam Thielen's talents, but yesterday was a Dalvin Cook-type game. And that's you know something I asked Kevin about last week, about just trying to get Adam Thielen more involved. And he said the good thing that you know he's blessed with here in this situation is that he's got a ton of playmakers. So And guys would understand, too, if it's a, if it's a big Adam Thielen game, that means Diggs is taking a bad backseat. If it's a big uh, you know Diggs game, Thielen's taking a backseat. And, I mean, Dalvin Cook, you can throw him in there, maybe even a Kyle Rudolph. Like, I mean, those are complementary pieces. Um, but I think that Kirk saw a workaround yesterday, too, which is why Aldrick Robinson had that 40-yard touchdown. Uh, because, you know, when, when teams are doing what they're doing at Diggs and Thielen, I mean, Kirk's looking for single high, single high reads. He's looking for cover zero. He's looking for the easy out. And, and that's what a guy like Aldrick Robinson gives you. It's another layer to the yellow. Another lane to the offense, and you know, certainly beneficial for the quarterback. Is this defense back? Do you think? 
Yeah, it's been back for a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, this defense is really good. Um, you know, it's nice to see Anthony Barr used as a pass rusher. I mean, we've only been talking about it since camp. And, yeah. you know, we've seen it in such minimal circumstances this year. And, and Barr said it best yesterday. He he does better going forward than he does going backwards, which is a linebacker really says something. Um, but, you know, he's trying to get paid. I mean, this guy is gonna, could make a ton of money this off season. you know, if the Vikings aren't able to keep him, and even if they are. So good time for him to get hot and good time for Mackenzie Alexander. You know, light bulb to click with him. Yeah. Um, he's been doing really well lately. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football! Thanks, Courtney Cronin. Talk to you next week. See you, Courtney. Thanks, guys. Bye. Courtney Cronin, ESPN.com, covers the Vikings, uh, does great work on that team. Check out uh, her stuff, ESPN.com. Take a break. Come back. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check traffic here. And uh, the good news is I don't have any crashes to tell you about right now. The bad news is I have some slowdowns to tell you about. And uh, we'll start with southbound 100, just south of 394 uh, near Cedar Lake Road. Things are slowing down just a little bit there near that interchange. And also, uh, it's kind of, to quote uh, Kenny Olson, it's gridlocked southbound and northbound 35W. Uh, near downtown, so things are uh, slowing down a little bit in that area as well. Otherwise, be careful, folks. Go, Pat, go! Rogers, if he's not healthy, I'd play the best backup that you have a chance with. And then going Well, really, the, the only season, backup, I mean, they got Boyle, but the, Deshaun Kaiser is their official backup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, next year if they do next year bill i think it's got to be a guy that's going to hold him accountable i mean it has to be a lot like i right. mean you remember the first year mccarthy came here with brett Favre? held him accountable brett Favre had his best season that he had ever had as a green bay because he got coached he got coached up he came in watched film with mike mccarthy and they get it and they got him straightened out well that's going to have to happen to aaron Rodgers, whoever the new coach is going to be they cannot hire a guy that's going to be a yes man to Rodgers because if you do you're going to see a lot of the same you, we can talk about McCarthy game is stale maybe Rodgers game has gotten stale too yeah no I, I would agree with that okay go, Pat, go. hang on one second so they're saying that when Mike McCarthy came in that Brett Favre had the best season of his Packers career so we're going to forget about the Three years in a row in the mid '90s, where he won the MVP. Yeah, we're forget about the. We mix in a Super Bowl in those in those years too. We're gonna forget about those years. It's those selective. were the best years of his career. It's and then '09 when he was here. It's selective listeners and thinkers in Wisconsin. Here is Aaron when asked yesterday about uh, if he'll play in the last two games because obviously the Packers are dead. Their season is done, and he responds. Brian or Joe wanted to look at Kaiser for a little bit or just get an idea of where these guys are. Would you have a problem with that? Or, you know, yeah, probably. Yeah? <laughs> look, I mean, I, nobody's talked to me about it. Um, I want to play, though, so I'm expecting to start and play. In 2005, I remember uh, Farvey came in late in the season and said, well, you're probably going to get a chance to play here. 
didn't happen. Now, you know, Brett was 36, I think, at the time. But um, I'd like to be out there and lead us the last two weeks. The news in that quote to me is not the fact that he would like to play and obviously will play. The news in that quote to me is the relationship has now gotten to the point where he's Farvey. Yeah, calling him Farvey. Remember when they couldn't stand each other? You remember when Brett wouldn't look at Aaron and mocked him and Aaron couldn't stand Brett and his feelings were hurt? He's Farvey now. So my question for Brett would be, if Aaron had come up to you late in that season, in your rookie year, and you guys were out of the playoff hunt, if he would have said, hey, can I get in and start a few games, what would what would have happened, Brett? You know, uh, yeah, I could. No, will I do it? I, who knows? Uh, I, I've learned to never say never. All I have to say to that is this. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Well, Michael Irvin for you. We should, should somebody check on him, by the way, after his squad got shut out yesterday as, for the first time in 15 years, I think it was? As a 90, is he 97 or 98 now? Journalist, year-old journalist at the Star Tribune said years ago to Ticey during a 2005 <laughs> press conference, crazy league, how do you figure it? it Washington beats, Washington beats, Damn, I can't figure it out. That's incredible. Well, and what's wrong with the Rams now? Jared Goff looks like. Did you see the pass he threw? Or it wasn't a pass. It was some type of that was, attempt that to was get rid of the football. Like, wasn't it? Oh, it was. I think it might have been. <laughs> yes, it was, and it might have been worse. <laughs> Did you see that? Yes. But what's going down? And he kind of like, threw so, it. So, so my question is: since they played that epic uh, game at the Coliseum against the Chiefs, what a month ago now? Yeah, something like about that. A month ago, yeah. They've fallen apart. The Lions game they won, but they weren't very good. The Bears game, the Bears now the Bear, and the Bears are nice, but they got owned. Mm-hmm. Concerning, I thought. And then yesterday, last night, was concerning in. for sure. And now Vikings fans, of course, probably rightfully so, are very paranoid that here come the Eagles. And I saw yeah. quite a few tweets last night about, you know, because I basically said, I think the Vikings are going to have to just utterly collapse not to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to have to work not to. You got mm-hmm. Detroit's quit. Detroit quit. And oh, by the way, too, and I threw out a tweet and jokingly took it back. Miami, one reason, and this is not a compliment, one reason, Manny Hill, I find the National Football League to be so interesting is the decisions teams make to quit and when when those decisions are made. Miami came in at 7-6 and and still alive in the playoff picture. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, other than Cousins purposely by accident, putting them back in that game. The Miami Dolphins had no interest in playing. They had no interest in being here. You think so? Oh, they wanted to get on that plane. So it was the same as the Cousins fumble against the Cardinals. The The Cardinals had quit by then. They quit yeah. on the Steve Wilkes weeks ago. Sure. But the game that he fumbled and the Cardinals returned it for a touchdown, they looked at the scoreboard. They're like, oh, my God, we're in this game. I guess we should play for a while. The Miami Dolphins took the same attitude. They wanted no part of that game. That's so weird because but, they but were coming off such a great I know. win against but the, the weird, division rival and the but evil that's empire what, that everybody hates. That's and, what makes the sport so weird. I yeah. can't figure out when business decisions are made to ultimately <laughs> just quit. Frank Gore was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. I, he twisted his ankles. I'm sure he's hurt, but he is, they were done. He'll be back next year, though. Frank of Gore. course he He'll will. He'll be back at 36 next year. But I was watching the first quarter of that game. I thought, they're they're not here. I think the Patriots game was a Super Bowl-type win for them. That was it they, for them. They knew it was improbable. 
And they have as much interest in going, and I don't know if they don't like gays or what, or Tannehill just stinks and they don't like him, but there was a decision made by a lot of players on that team that they were not going to participate to their fullest in yesterday's game. But I wonder if it changed when it when it when when they made it 21-17, if it changed, if they thought... It did. Oh, they were forced oh. to until things went wrong. Yeah. But they were very confident. I turned to Collar and said, the Vikings are not losing this game. <laughs> and sure enough, they did not. Uh Phil joins next. TCL Broadcast Studios. The show is Mackie and Judd. We go till a six. Collar joins at five. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've heard to date. On 1500 ESPN.